Hello, this is the Cultural Fluency Podcast with Angèle Preto, the French coach, that's me. And today in episode number 12, I am with Roy Kuglan. Did I pronounce that right? Colin, but it's Colin. good. It's My all bad. good. <laughs> Roy Colin. Uh, this is an Irish name, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell us everything about that. So you're a podcast host with five podcasts, that all of which have been in the top 1.5%. And with five very, very different topics. So I think the best is for you, Roy, to introduce your very eclectic self to our very eclectic audience. So the floor is yours. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. Oh, I basically, as you mentioned, Irish. I'm from the south of Ireland, Cork. And I moved 15 years ago to the center of Poland, a place called Wuch. And my, I suppose my history is that I was working in construction in Ireland, When I went to Poland, worked a lot in construction as well, started building houses and uh, apartments and done a lot of renovations and then like moved into the kind of podcasting. So I suppose the, the five that I've got are the speaking, which helps you speak, the meditation to help you chill, learn Polish, which is, I know, important too, languages. And mm -hmm. then the awakening, which was the most passionate for me, which is exposing fraud and corruption, but with solutions. And then the recent one is the crypto podcast. We're talking about everything, blockchain technology, NFTs, and stuff like that. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot. How did you move from, well, Ireland to Poland and then from construction to podcasting? Like, this is like, how? How did that happen? So I never planned to move to Poland. So I had met a Polish girl in Ireland. And when I was visiting our parents, I saw, oh, Property is very cheap here. So I started buying a few properties mm -hmm. and then saw kind of opportunity because the market, that was around 2005, kind of 2006, maybe even earlier, about 2005, that everybody was kind of buying, the banks were throwing money at people. So we kind of set up a company that was for farm buyers, mainly Irish, but we ended up having English and American clients as well to sell them Polish property, mainly in the city there. So I wasn't planning on moving there. I was just kind of going out one week a month, but the relationship didn't work out. And then later kind of, I would have lost everything. So I had to move there. That was the reason that I went there, but it kind of worked out because the way in Ireland, the construction industry at one stage, we were building, I think 96,000 houses and then it dropped to 4,000. So right that's why I loaded and I mean I was working more in mechanical and electrical doing kind of working on say school projects pharmaceutical sometimes up to 10 million on a project so there was big large equipment and stuff like that but basically that's why a lot of the tradespeople went to Australia went to Canada and I think if I had stayed there there wasn't that much work so it was probably good timing I mean a lot of people were saying you're doing the opposite most of the Polish were going to Ireland and England yes. and I was going in the opposite direction but I always find in life do the opposite to what most people do and you tend to be in a safer location this is this is absolutely true and so all of this started because of a Polish girl and uh, am I right to understand that at that time you were not speaking Polish at all so how no. was that experience just going to Poland doing construction work I'm assuming you were working with locals as well How, how did you manage that? So like at the start, I kind of didn't really, I was just picking up a, a few bits, you know, when I wasn't moving there, but when I moved there, I knew I needed to kind of immerse myself. So the first thing I did was I signed up for a month course with the university and it was a waste of time and money because there was about maybe, yeah. I don't know, 12 people in the class from all nationalities. They were all way more advanced. I had zero Polish and it was only in Polish. So mm -hmm. I was lost. Right. And, you know, they shouldn't have accepted me, to be honest with you, when they knew that was the situation. So all I was doing was kind of copying. I made good friendships out of it. But as far as learning, it was a mistake. Then I started doing Rosetta Stone, uh, Pinsner. Mm -hmm. I always had CDs in the car. And I, I felt, okay, I need to get some lessons. So right. because I was running so many different companies, I didn't want to do it during the day because that's when you get most of your work done it was kind of in the evening so I was getting a private teacher that was coming to me mm -hmm. and basically at times I was I was falling asleep because you know doing grammar and stuff like that so she used to get tennis balls and get me to walk around the room <laughs> juggling tennis balls just to keep me active and 
I definitely did improve, but not at a great level. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of stopped. I said, look, this isn't serving me. And I, it wasn't that I wasn't always listening to CDs in the car. And But what, what I found, at one stage, I had about 14 people working for me. And a lot of the times they'd come in and they'd have very little English, but they were just constantly practicing. And right. the mistake I made is I, I preferred the easy life where let's just switch to English. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like kind of having the humor and everything. And it was very hard for me to kind of have humor in Polish. So my level was fairly basic. Right. Then I went to a school and basically the first day the teacher just, I just thought, nah, not for me. So I was not going to go back. And the, the guy that was uh, kind of in charge of everything spoke to me and I said, look, I, I don't think it's for me. He said, look, try a different teacher. And that teacher then my level just totally improved a lot mm-hmm. and i ended up actually marrying the girl and i have a child yeah best technique child. ever <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i have a child but like the relationship didn't work we you know we, we've been separated for years but we've a great friendship mm-hmm. and but i improved so much with that and i'm actually doing the polish podcast with her and we've just celebrated oh. over 300 episodes and wow. it's been like two weeks ago, I was number one in Iceland. I mean, I'm kind of looking at that going, Iceland? And I've been in Jamaica and Malta and loads of countries that it's kind of got to the top of the charts. That's so interesting. So your podcast about learning Polish is becoming number one in all sorts of uh, unrelated countries. When you say number one, do you mean of the learned Polish category or do you mean... No, across... of language, of languages, not of, of languages. Stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like, at this times where I would take a screenshot, it's hard to actually see it. So now it's more I've got uh, programs that actually just send me uh, where I am in the different charts. But before, sometimes you would actually see the screenshot. And to be beaten, right. say, the likes of Duolingo, it just felt good, you know, because I mean, obviously, yeah. they've got such a... How, how <laughs> does that happen? Because <laughs> they have I so much know. budget, you know? Exactly, exactly. So it's so nice what, to see that. What's, yeah. What kind of software do you use for that? It's actually something I'd be personally interested in. The one I was more. using at the start was Chartable. So that Char- was actually, Chartable, yeah. And then there's another okay. one, no, Pod Status, I believe. But I, I check in a minute. I'm not 100% sure, but I have it written down. And I and yeah, some of these things are free. Others you pay right. you know, premium and you put in codes and all this. But I, I prefer the one. I get a daily email. It's got mm-hmm. all my podcasts. And I go, okay, you're number one here. You're number... Five, you know, like 150 in the USA and things like that. It's just nice to know. So just for yourself and for maybe other podcasters, what right. I do is like when I got number one in Iceland, I just kind of said, thanks very much, Iceland, and share. Because what happens is sometimes somebody from Iceland be kind of looking at this and it would grab their attention and they might mm-hmm. start listening. And I think right. the reason why it's kind of popular in a lot of these countries, like there's a lot of Polish in Iceland, there's a lot of Polish in Norway, right? in Ireland and England. And what's happening is they're actually meeting their partners that are the ones that are learning because right. they're going to come back and meet, you know, the parents or maybe they have children together and they want to kind of converse in both languages. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's, it's so you know, popular in a lot of countries. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. A lot of people end up learning languages because of their partners. I, I myself have a lot of students whose partners are French or French speaking, and yeah, they end up learning French because of that. Um, so you made this podcast about learning Polish, but it wasn't your first podcast, right? Which one was your first? My first was actually speak. I suppose the best thing is to journey how the podcasting started because it's all kind of connected. So right. with all my real estate and everything, I... I was managing about 10 different companies. When the crash happened in America, I was kind of still okay. I was doing well with different things in my own company as well, which was managing properties and fitting them out and renovating them, doing the furniture and all that. Mm -hmm. But my investors, they all lost everything. And I thought they were going to get it right because some of them were worth like 30 million, 10 million. I was like the small boy in some of these Mm -hmm. syndicates. But they didn't get it right. And I was feeding a few of these companies, which was a kind of mistake in hindsight. You know, like the commercial property, I, I was putting it in saying, yeah, sure, I'll just increase my shareholding. It'll come right. right. It never came right. And the whole lot came tumbling down. And normally with a limited liability company, it's the company kind of has the problem. Right, right. In Poland, it's 
the president of the company has the problem and no really they yeah, don't the, have limited liability in Poland. No, no, no. The, the, oh wow! The accountants <laughs> are the First solicitors. Time I'm hearing that. Yeah, never told me that. So I wow. was, I mean, I had about a million, and I was looking to be about five million euro, mm -hmm. and it ended up that I was personally liable for five million because I was halfway through right. projects and we had loans for commercial and different things, and all the investors kind of just washed their hands and walked away and like hoping if something came right that they would get something back. But the reality was it was me that was kind of, and through that journey saw that the bailiffs were corrupt. The banks were corrupt. The right. courts were corrupt. Like an example of the bailiffs, they bribed people in a room to buy the property, whoever they had buying it, but they basically paid people off in a room with a housing project that I had with other stuff. I could see that they were working with a valuer decreasing mm -hmm. the value of the property. And right. It was like, I was looking at this going, this is so wrong. And realizing a lot of people, millions of people around the world are going through this. And it later, through research, saw bailiffs in England, in Ireland, in the US. So I'm assuming in the majority of countries, this is what's happening. And right. I went to, I lost like my houses in Ireland, like three houses in Ireland, my own a residential property, all my personal belongings. They took the whole lot. I had court mm -hmm. cases. I had over a hundred court cases. And I was saying, this is so wrong because there's a thing called an affidavit, which is a right. sworn statement. So the banks send this sworn statement to the courts. I was like, this is all lies. So I have to respond to that one, but then create my own. And they could never answer it because I had them on corruption that they were doing. Right. But I still lost the case. And with the high court, if you reapply, it can basically open up the whole amount of money plus additional money. And I won on the barrister fees and I won on interest. So it was like about 65000 yeah. They sold a property at less than what I had an offer for and wanted to come after me for the excess. Mm -hmm. And just through that and witnessing other court cases at the time. So normally in a courtroom, you have plaintiff defender with their own solicitors and a judge. But in Ireland, it was like a room with 150 people and one judge. And they're just going through case after case. Yeah, right. exactly. And he just judge rule. Yeah. In favor of the, the bank plus interest plus penalties. And a barrister is like the high end. I don't know what you call them barristers in France, but basically it's like the high end of a solicitor and an attorney. And some mm -hmm. of them can be charged in 10 grand a day. It's kind of crazy. Right. So if I re-appealed to the case that I lost, it would have actually been 65 versus maybe 300,000 plus additional money, which would have been half a million. And I couldn't actually risk that. Then I decided I want to go to the EU. And with the EU, you have to actually apply, appeal the first case. So right. I was kind of saying, no, we can't help you. And during this kind of episode where I'm listening to all these cases, there was one... They said, oh, we got KPMG to check all the interest payments. We were overcharged 15,000 euro. And the judge said, when was that? Two or three years ago. Oh, you should have took it up with them then. Bang, ruled in favor of the... And then there was like a woman, my husband has died from the stress of this and she's shaking with a piece of paper. I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm really sorry. Bang, ruled in favor of the, the banks, which meant she was basically not only losing her husband, but her house as well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's going on here? This is so bad. So... Yeah, I went. I, I know it's a long end of the story, but it's all connected. I went to an event, and the event was called "What's Your Quest," and I was thinking, I'm chugging through life, but what's my mission in life? And I determined at that meeting that I want to help people that go through this and expose all the fraud and corruption. Because a lot of the times, unfortunately, people throw in the towel, they lose relationships. You know, the whole family is you know, broken because of intended corruption. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was there, there was a there was two brilliant speakers and I was so impressed with them. And I hated public speaking like I was when I was working in construction in Ireland, I'd sit around a table with architects and builders and the clients, say for Johnson and Johnson. And I would just crumble. My voice would go. I couldn't go on stage. I just, right. it, it wasn't for me. But I knew to get my message out, I needed to become a good speaker. So when I came back, I joined Toastmasters. Then I joined another Toastmasters. Then I formed my own club. I done every competition I could do. I did an open mic comedy. I did an open uh, mic TEDx. 
And I got into the final of five countries for public speaking. And I was coaching another crowd. Loads of people wanted me to be their mentor. And with Toastmasters, the kind of highest thing is like distinguished Toastmaster. I got mm -hmm. that in three years, which a lot of people wow. never. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So and I went from. <laughs> I went I've been from the Toastmaster for four years. I'm very far from that. So, yeah. Three years so is impressive. I, yeah, I basically went from one extreme to the other and, mm -hmm. and got to a stage where, you know, became very confident speaking. And during that journey, I went to another event with the same crowd and there was a guy doing a workshop on uh, creating a podcast. Never even thought of it prior, prior to that. So went and went, oh, I like this. This is interesting. This is a great way for me to get my message out. And I said, I'll start with the speaking because I won't be attacked with that one. And that's how... The speaking so because i had access to a lot of toastmasters it kind of started with that and then i've just and i've had i don't know how many countries at one stage i was trying to track it but 40 countries at least that i have speakers from which and most of them are international speakers or coaches which is helping people to overcome the fear of public speaking so i know by doing that i'm helping others because i also see a lot of people want change in the world but half the time you know, you have people marching and they're just shouting stupid things instead mm -hmm. of having you know, somebody that can stand up and have a system in place, have a process, how we're going to do this, when's the next meeting going to happen. So right. by being able to speak in public, you, you can you know get the people to follow you and try to make the change that you need. Right. So this was your first one, the speaking podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what you really wanted to do was the one about corruption, right? The yeah, awakening. Yeah. So exactly. when, did, when and how did you get to doing this one? So I decided I would write a book first. I have it there, but I never published it. I got 20, 20 copies of this book. It's called The Awakening, A New right. World Revolution. And the people that I got it into the hands, they all said I would be whacked for what I'm exposing because mm -hmm. I was shown so much, but proof. Because it wasn't just me, like a lot of it, my own stories, but I was also able to give a lot of proof in it and explain a lot of things. It was more about health as well as different things on, uh, you know, food and things like that, say microwave oven and stuff. It was, it was like a real wake up call to how we think society is looking after us, but it's actually totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. And when so many people said, no, you need to hold off on this, I kind of put a back step on doing the podcast next for that. So the next one actually became the meditation podcast. When I went through this kind of losing everything, to be honest, I mean, it did affect me. It did. I was depressed. It was like, you know, because it was not night and bad. It's like, you know, you're working hard and next everything kind of disappears overnight. Yeah. So I was listening to different meditation and one of them was uh, by Vishen Nikiani, which is the six phase meditation. Right. And I love that one. It's a really good one. It's brilliant. And I like, I never had done meditation before that. And I was like, this is good. Cause it's kind of one is what you're grateful for. Cause you attract it, especially when, when things aren't going good for you. And I know at the moment, there's a lot of people suffering with all this organized uh, utilities going through the roof and fuel costs going through the roof that, you know, they're, they don't see light at the end of the tunnel. And by just appreciating the little things, whether it's the child smiling at you, whether it's the cup of coffee in the morning, just, because what you appreciate, you attract more. And I found the gratitude was one, but probably the most powerful one was the act of forgiveness because mm -hmm. I've had court cases and just people being fraudulent as well, which didn't help my my cases, that you you kind of hold it in with you and the anger and it's your suffering. So if I have yes. hatred towards the person that hurts me, he's trotting through the reef planning his next uh, victim. Whereas, yeah. so I was actually planning you know organizing forgiveness it's not that you just do one meditation and it's gone some small little cases yes later but as soon as i done that so in other words me telling that story there didn't bring me into pain it's no problem to me now but you can see that sometimes with somebody when they're telling a story they're still there and the pain is still there with them and they've never kind of let it go so i kind of believe it's like you're poisoning your own cells by having this negativity and when you get when you get to actually have forgiveness release it and i suppose a way of kind of letting people know how to forgive is bring everybody back to the child because we have unconditional love for a child yes. but 
through abuse, alcoholic parents, or the education system, whatever it is, people become corrupt, fraudulent. Mm -hmm. And we have to kind of take that back and say that is because of their circumstances. You know, did they have a chance in life? And when you can kind of take it back a few layers, you can have forgiveness, which in turn is rare. It's your benefiting because you no longer have that anger inside and you're able to just, I suppose, enjoy life a lot more, be more mindful and present. So with the different meditations that I listened, I like a, one of them was the six phase. Then I created my own one in my head and then I was listening to different ones. Then a lot of them disappeared or they became paid. And when things are tight, you're not going to be paying for stuff like that. So I said, I want right. meditation for people free, always will be free and different types. So I've got breath work, sound meditation. And I also get people coming in, we do interviews and then they send me meditations. And it's, that's the same. It's been, I think that was number one in the US under spirituality. It's been UK. It's a load of countries that's been in the top of the charts as well. And I enjoy it, to be honest, and I get, you know, lots of uh, compliments from people that are listening, and I hope it's helping them like it helped me. Yeah, um, I'm sure it is, uh, definitely. I mean, I know you already originally through the meditation podcast because you had me on that show, so I'll put the link and uh, everything in the show notes. Um, so you started with the speaking, you really wanted to do the awakening, but now you have two podcasts, speaking and meditation. <laughs> And you still don't have the awakening. So what was the number three? It was the Polish one. Okay. <laughs> and I, I had no intention of creating a Polish podcast. It was, I wanted to be improving my Polish. So I started right. searching and all I found was scripted podcasts, which are terrible. I mean, you've come across them, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's scripted. Oh, hello. How are you? What a lovely day. Yes, it's great. And you just know they're reading it. And it's, I don't know why yes. people do that, but... And the other ones were only in Polish, which is kind of going back to my situation, like the university. That's not how I learn. I learn nice. from actually. So I approached my ex and said, listen, let's do this because she's got the school. And I thought it's a good way for her to get some clients, which it is. She's getting a right. lot of clients from it, but I'm still learning. So mm -hmm. what I do is we do, you know, we do a few in a block, but I don't kind of go through it a few days beforehand or a lot of time the graphic is coming in just before we record maybe we might look at it and i just make sure i get a lot of times i leave in my errors because i want people to realize it's not that easy because sometimes right. if you're listening to somebody and they're flawless it can and you're not it can maybe kind of think ah, there's something wrong with me so just plenty of times i cannot say a certain word or i'm saying it wrong it takes me a while and I get so many comments of people that actually like that. Plus, we use a bit of humor as well. We're kind of, we don't take 10 takes. We just record, do mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes, and that's it. And I just put it up on the audio and Podbean, and it goes to BitChute and YouTube as well. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's doing very well, and I enjoy it. I actually listen myself later. So when I'm editing, I'm kind of re-listening. And then sometimes I'll just play it away. So it's right. it's for me as well so i've created it for me but i know i'm helping you know i like with the the audio we hit over six hundred thousand downloads and on the youtube i took over um my ex's uh, channel because she didn't use it for about three or four years but we we're like 1.2 million on that so yeah it's it's massive the numbers it works <laughs> It helps a lot of it people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, honestly, I think it's the first time I'm hearing that about such a concept, even across languages. I don't think there is such a thing for French. And it starts, you know, starts me thinking because maybe I could do something like that. I would need to find someone who is a um, French learner still. And um, yeah, I'll think about no, I, that. I, I, I think it would work. I think it's brilliant. I, I because anyone that wants to add, yes. And then the added advantage is like, I don't know how many clients she's after getting. She's after getting a load of clients. And clients don't just come in for one thing. They come in for signing up for a couple of months. And if they're really, yeah. like, if they need it for work and they want to become fluent. So you're not charging for it. Some people actually can charge for a podcast and have mm -hmm. something like that. But I think the free version is better because some people, they don't have the resources. And you you know you're right. helping people that cannot afford a coach. or But yeah. at the same time, there's plenty that can. And when they see and hear your skill set, and I know that from actually our own interview, which people should listen to, I, I realized 
this is somebody that I would like to teach me. And I think you would get a lot of clients based on that. Yeah, I, I think you have a point. And to be honest, I'm not fond of uh, selling recordings alone. Um, I think that the, the value in learning a language is really in practicing. And there are just so many possibilities to put your recordings up for free. And like, the challenge is really have people find them. Like that's really the challenge for me. Um, at the moment, you know, I have a small YouTube channel with 3,000 followers. It's, you know, well, it's bigger than most uh, by a lot. Like it's in the you top see, 7% the, or something. The, but still, yeah. you know. We, we, we start beating ourselves up because we start comparing ourselves with, say, you know, the Jay Shetties or any. They've, a lot of these people have 10 people working from that are blasting out this stuff. Right. And like what I say to anybody who's either a podcaster or is looking to start. If you've got 10 listeners or even up to 30, you go into a room and there's 30 people sitting there listening to what you're saying. Would you be happy? Everybody would go back every week to have. And sometimes there'll be a few people leave and sometimes more will come. But if it stayed around the 30, would you do it? Of course you would. But for some reason, we think that when we're podcasting, we want a million. And it should be more that you know you're helping one person. Right. I'm, I'm absolutely happy for everyone I'm helping. And I'm, it's enough for me. The question is all of those that are lost somewhere and are the only face by things like, you know, Duolingo, no hate on them, but we know they don't really work. Um, like, how do you reach them? Because they, it's, they, you have how, to get... how do they find you, you know? Yeah, you have to be creative with your marketing and it depends mm -hmm. on the different ones. So, right. for example, Reddit. I'm in Polish groups in Reddit and I share my my stuff there. The videos mm -hmm. go there. So, but you, there's a lot of groups that won't allow you to share a link, right. which is unfortunate, but you can start engaging as well. So it depends on the amount of time. If you're only doing one podcast and you're doing, say, a nine to five job and you've got a couple of hours a day to spare, then you could do that. You start engaging mm -hmm. and then people will look at your profile and then slowly but surely they'll start following you. The other one then is Facebook. I know a lot of people hate Facebook. I've been shadow banned and everything. I'm not really a fan of the owners, but at the same time, I know how to use it. So, for mm -hmm. example, the Polish one, I'm in a load of groups, foreigners in Poland, uh, expats in Poland, all that. I go for the because there's a load of people that have moved to Poland and they were in the same situation as me and they need to improve. And I'm getting good connections from that. People are allowing me to share it which in turn, and people are making comments. I always comment back or even on the YouTube if somebody gives a nice comment. I always just, even a simple thank you. It just mm -hmm. makes them feel, whereas a lot of people right. don't, they'll, they just, yeah, they're happy with kind of a chugging along. But if you engage, people are more likely to keep listening and they feel appreciated as well. And also kind of make questions. Like sometimes we'll ask people, what would you like? And people have wrote to us, say, I'd love if you could cover this. So we do. And then we write mm -hmm. to them and we go, yeah, we've done. So, like they're going to share with their friends. Right. You know, they really know that you're listening to them and you're there to serve. And sometimes people, they just chug along and they just don't even engage with their mm -hmm. listeners. At the end of the day, your listeners are the ones that are actually helping you move along. Right, so. right. Yeah, I'm definitely engage with every comment that I get and uh, and all of that. So yeah, it's definitely what I'm doing. So first speaking, two meditation, three Polish. You said earlier that the crypto was uh, the newest one. So yeah, I'm so guessing uh, uh, after uh, every podcast, you finally got to the awakening. Exactly, exactly. So I I done a course and I taught, I wanted to up my level. So I did this course, it was like a two-month course on podcasting, met amazing people, but they were all kind of saying to me, it's you should be teaching this because they had kind of different people uh, looking after three or four different groups and I could see that their level wasn't the same and I was saying to people not try this do this do this I was helping and it was the one podcast that I didn't get into the top of the charts because I followed their system and I said no I should have done it my own way but right. created it and with the people that I met through that we do live shows so I have interviewed not just on my own shows, I'll say Mickey Willis, who would have been the guy that done the pandemic documentary, which has basically over a billion views. Apparently, it's the, the number one in the world for a documentary being viewed. So I've had him wow. on my show. Then I brought him on to the, the, the group of us. So, you know, we call our freedom broadcasters. So we do a live call every kind of Tuesday and Thursday when we're able to. 
we've had just uh, recently uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. So he's kind of fairly and well known because he's been working in the Senate with the kind of craziness that's going on, exposing a lot of the fraud and corruption. I've got David Icke and it definitely helps having somebody like that because people might check you out, but don't assume if I get this guy, my audience will go to 10 million. Right. My speaking podcast, the I've had a load of international and high, high quality speakers the best one was a 16-year-old who had joined Toastmasters. He basically, you have to be 18 to be in Toastmasters, but basically joined under his dad's name. And I was so impressed with him. And he was a beatboxer. His is number one, and it's still number one. And it was basically because he was the first time he did a podcast. He was so excited, well-connected because of his beatboxing. He pushed out. And I noticed that's happening a lot as well. A lot of people, right. they will share it a lot more. Whereas the, sometimes you get people, they come on, they don't even say hello. They're just, yeah, yeah are we ready to go? And then as soon as it's finished, they're gone. They don't even say goodbye. Right. Whereas a lot of times you can have a long conversation with people afterwards and, and make a bond. And then you're more encouraged to actually try to get as much downloads for them and get them a few, whether they've written a book or something like that, try to get them a few clients. Mm -hmm. But they're sharing it as well and tagging it and making comments. And just by doing that, whether you got one extra listener from that or you might get a hundred, it doesn't matter. But I just think being consistent with the tagging right. But not doing it in a sneaky way. I always have, like, I have a form and I make sure people are happy with that. But it's an advantage for both of us, you mm -hmm. know, that because sometimes their listeners or their followers, they, they, you know, they'd be just curious. And then they like my style and then they start following me and vice versa, right. of course. And I like a lot of people are afraid to mention, say, other people's podcasts. When I have guests on, I say, make sure you give him a five star rating mm -hmm. and I give the link. You're not my competitor. You know, it's like. Right. You know, at the end of the day, if your podcast, if we're in the same league, in the same, doing the same thing, and you're ten times better than me, that's that that's on me, and I don't mind if they go. But most people mm -hmm. listen to kind of five to ten, and if they've learned, say, your podcast from me, doesn't mean they're going to leave me. It means that they might learn some other podcasts right. from me as well, and if they like my style, so don't think of it as a competition thing. And I I find that I'm always kind of liaising with other people, sharing kind of skills and things that I know. And they, not everyone, but people will come back or even they, it could be six months later, someone go, hey, I just came across this new kind of platform, maybe because they appreciate what you've done and you went out mm -hmm. of your way to actually try to help them, you know, build their audience. And instead of hogging it all to yourself and thinking me against the world, I've never been like that. It's like my podcast. That can't work on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> people appreciate you being, you know, sharing and helping and they'll do the same for you. Right. So, so you created the awakening uh, as the fourth podcast. Was it like how long was it after you wrote the book? Maybe four years, I suppose. Wow, three years, yeah. yeah. You you mentioned that uh, you were a bit uh, scared or somehow self conscious about this topic, which I can understand why. Yeah. So how I, I wasn't scared. It was the all the people I gave them to, and like they're kind of influential people that have big businesses and they right. said you'll be whacked for that and i didn't care it was my mom said what about your children and i went mm. and that's why I okay took, <laughs> yeah i took it because i don't i'm not afraid i don't have fear of me for things like that but i thought all right yeah i need to take a step back but no well, i see that the world has kind of woken up they're aware of so much of the fraud that's going on that it's okay you know to go out and so, but what is strange is a lot of the information like links and stuff that I've have all disappeared. So the likes of Google have removed all these things. So you need to use brave uh, when you're doing a search for stuff and also be conscious right. of the question you ask, because I know that there's a lot of households they're fighting each other based on what's shown on the television yes. or what's rammed down the throat. And you need to start thinking for yourself and don't go into Google. Is this safe? Because Google will tell you exactly what you've asked it go into brave and go why is this dangerous and then start looking at the different things that come up and you get a totally different search results and then you can kind of make up your, your mind so the question so, you ask in social media is very important wait you're saying that brave which is a navigator works no the, yeah there's another now yeah because brave is like you've got DuckDuckGo, you've got brave you've asked explorer Firefox. but there is a search engine called brave yeah brave yeah oh, and that i don't know that, this one i'll have to yeah. look it up yeah, so that to me is because I heard DuckDuckGo, which was another good one, was bought out by Google. So 
I don't use that one anymore. Mm -hmm. I use Brave and yeah, I find... Is it connected with the Navigator or is, do they just happen to have, the, to have the same name? I'd say it's just the same name. Okay. Yeah. Right. Damn, I just lost my possible connection to the crypto thing because uh, the, the Brave Navigator is a crypto project but uh, maybe the search engine is not um yeah so but what made you jump in like is it because you realized that people have, were more awake already so you thought there was yeah. there's an audience now and it's easier yeah and plus because i saw what they were doing i said i need to get people to kind of understand this a lot better but i got shadow banned like i've had uh, friends that follow me and would give all thumbs up on say Facebook and one of them realized hey I, I gave a thumbs up on that and it's gone and he went through all of my profile and all of his thumbs up are gone so right. that was happening I was seeing my numbers reversing on YouTube and then I got banned on YouTube they gave me strikes and that was for three doctors that I had on so the doctors mm -hmm. were exposing which it turns out which I knew was the truth but right. When you just get a generic reply when and I go show me exactly where I, the the a point that was incorrect they can't mm -hmm. so they just remove me but what I yeah. and that can happen anybody what I did is I took a screenshot of that and I posted it everywhere and said I'm on BitChute I'm no longer on YouTube and I think anyone that's kind of fighting the fight realized yeah you get a lot of these people like London Real and Hugo Talks they're still on and you know Russell Brand they're still on YouTube. You know, but there's a few yeah. that have been kicked off it. And it's like, why are they removing, uh, you know, a little old Roy here? Like, and, and they don't like what I'm actually putting out there. So mm -hmm. it, I went, I was in the top 1% and I jumped to the top half percent just by doing that. So they done me a favor. Just by honest. posting the screenshot of uh, YouTube removing you. Yeah, yeah. And I got kicked off Linktree. I mean, I, uh, when I talked to that, nobody else seems to have got kicked off Linktree, but I got kicked off Linktree as well. I've had... A post removed on LinkedIn, and uh, that's just mm -hmm. shadow banning is the main thing. But right. don't don't the thing is don't let it get you. And like I never take a personal. I don't even when I'm researching. I see a lot of the podcasts or even fellow podcasters. Some come and go. They get so depressed because when you're kind of going down the rabbit hole, you see things you don't really want to know and just assume yeah. couldn't be happening. But the more you go down, but I don't let it get to me. I I kind of mm -hmm. embrace the situation and I, I can feel sorrow when I'm looking at something but I don't go to bed with that pain in me and you know I just make sure as well I watch comedies and things like that right. and switch off but some people they go down they search they research they research and then their total conversation is about that and I think that's a mistake as well because mm -hmm. you have two different extremes you have one that's anti and the other's far and they're just trying to ram it down each other's throats I, I'm more right. of this is the information you decide. So, for example, with uh, Russia and Ukraine, I looked at both sides. I had somebody mm -hmm. that actually their house was bombed in the Ukraine, stayed with a friend with her four kids in Poland and told their story. I had another guy, an American who was in Holland, who was on the border helping and giving his story. And then mm -hmm. I've had a Russian guy whose wife was from Crimea giving his story. And then we've had mm -hmm. other guests that talk about it as well. And it's not what you'd see on the media. Everything the media tells ain't true. And it's nice yeah. to actually listen to people on the ground explaining how it is. And that's why I think why podcasts are so popular. And like it's journalism that from the heart, as opposed to mm -hmm. uh, trying to like just loads of times you'll see uh, the media and it's just they're all regurgitating the exact same thing across the world because there's something like five companies own 90% of the media. So they're just they're just telling you what to believe. Right, Unfortunately, right. people aren't thinking for themselves, and they're actually just believing what's been told mean, to them. Even you just saying both sides of the Russia Ukraine story, there's only one side. Like if you're a normal person, there are no two sides. <laughs> it's 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 that bad. Like the first thing they did when the when the war started uh, in France, they banned two uh, media that were Russian. And I, there were medias that I used to read because I wasn't reading them on that topic. I was reading them on other topics. They were just generic media. And I didn't even know they were Russian. I discovered they were Russian when they were banned for being Russian. And I was like, I know they were a slight bit different from what we read on other media, which is why I was reading them. And then suddenly they were gone. 
and all their employees were fired, you know, one day to the next, just because, yeah. What is this? We are, are we supposed to be a democracy and have like free speech and free access and like, this is um, concerning. No, absolutely. So, yeah. If you even look at the different leaders, like uh, Swarkovsky in France, like he was taking kickbacks. Um, in Ireland, I see the leaders there. None of them are serving the people. Oh, David Whereas... Sarkozy. Sarkozy, former French president. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So he was in it and if he there's so much thing comes out, but none of them actually there's no accountability. There's not nobody's it's like we all know that this is happening. So I think you have to stop thinking you vote left, you vote right. You need the sovereignty yourself and look after yourself and make that ripple come out because unfortunately people are putting their trust in oh i'll vote a i'll vote b i'll vote left i'll vote right as as right. somebody said recently i think it was some indian said it like left and right are both part of the same wing of a bird you know so you're not actually getting any change some of them give you a little bit and to, once you understand that and kind of take control yourself then you're not uh living in this kind of depressed state as unfortunately a lot of people are going through Right. Yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. And that is why forecasts are so popular. But as soon as you have to rely on an algorithm, then the algorithm is basically leading you on. Which uh, which brings me to the question, like, where do you find independent podcasts? Like, you seem to, you say, I just posted the screenshot. Where did you post the screenshot? Where is it? Where, yeah, where? Like, what, what website do you post it to? I, I, I post it on everything that I'm on. So, like, I've got... LinkedIn group I've got so I've created like say the freedom broadcasters on LinkedIn then I've got my own channel and then the different uh, Facebook groups so I've got a Facebook for all of my podcasts but I share so it on all of them because I'm kind of cross media. yeah because I mean just because somebody's listening to the Polish doesn't mean that they're not interested in the awakening and sometimes right. I'm dro dropping little bombs in in the, the learn Polish just to try to wake people up just on about say the chemicals that are in soap and stuff like that fluoride mm -hmm. or you know the dangers of a microwave you're just putting that out and with say the YouTube thing there's like say telegram groups as well so that's another way right. of growing your channel you find the groups that are kind of your circle because we tend to sometimes like a lot of podcasters they kind of throw it up in the air and just hope somebody's going to grab it and mm -hmm. the reality yeah, is you're really working you have to try to see where would people be congregating, you know, where are the meetings and stuff like that. And I know maybe do competitions as well that look, if you share this, whoever I'm going to do a draw when I see that you share this profile and just be creative in your marketing. And that can definitely right. increase. So it's also spending a lot of time online, just posting things. I try you to, have to dedicate a lot of yeah, time to that. You, you do, unfortunately, like you can outsource it, but I found that I tried outsourcing Instagram. I it tried doesn't really work. Yeah, no, I tried to, but they don't, yeah. no, it doesn't work. And the thing is, you, you should limit yourself. So you could say, look, I'm going to spend. So, for example, when I'm doing the Polish one, I know it's going to take an hour by the time I post it. So I'm posting it on all the different groups and then I'm going in and I'm checking, okay, was there any comments on the YouTube? And just kind of stick with that. Whereas you can get, especially with social media, you can go down the route where you just get lost and then you go, mm -hmm. it's three hours gone. I I right. need to get the rest of my day. So if you kind of, kind of schedule yourself that, okay, I'm spending 30 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever, and stick to that. And another thing that I do, I mean, the fact that I've got five is kind of different, but I think like say, say, say you're your own one and you're just say you put it up on BitChute, YouTube, track them mm -hmm. all and then just watch what the average is. So I have like say 100 episodes, X amount of downloads and I'm just mm -hmm. constantly, and then I go, oh, it's increased. And then sometimes I go, right. something's after it's gone down a bit. And it, it ends up being when I kind of, because I'm consciously tracking, it's like, oh, I forgot to post. I forgot to post it on um, Facebook or I forgot to do the. Usually right. that's the reason. And so I, I have like the colors. So I basically, when one episode goes out, I make it yellow. When I have two, I have green. And if I have a good weekend, I put out more, I make it purple. But I'm just constantly watching everything. At the start, when tracking. you're podcasting, you're watching the numbers constantly. Then you get to the stage there. Like, I remember the first hundred that I got when I was doing the speak. It was like I was going around to the Toastmaster meeting. Did you listen? Did you subscribe? Did you play it? I was just trying to get a hundred downloads. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and then I was happy. Then you get to like a thousand. And I remember when I hit a million downloads with it, you know, 
it was like eh. it it no longer became the thing. So don't right. spend all your energy on the numbers because you can go in constantly and just be tracking. Oh, how did that do? But do do track it, do mm-hmm. watch it because then you know what's your average and how to improve your and like every time you talk to a podcaster swap ideas share ideas and, right so, I, like i read about 10 different books and a lot of them like i'm i'm i've created um a planner now that's going to be put out soon and the planner is how i tell people that they should fill out the form like because when you're interviewing somebody you know you can you can prepare it like we had a fantastic conversation when you were on my show like and mm-hmm. you know the same here like i see you know you've done your homework not a, like yeah. you, i have you been on another show sometimes you go on a show and people they're even asking you prior to recording like i, I had that one time to go what did we say we were going to talk about again don't ever <laughs> And, and, uh, and, and yeah. this is a this a is a big, this is a big guy, like an international yeah. speaker, and really? I was kind of shocked. But the fact that I knew prior, I was able to say, "Oh, we said we talk about bum 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 bum," and it ended up being a nice conversation. But mm-hmm. always respect the person coming on as well, and have your different points. And I think because a lot of people are looking for the the secret sauce, and I think the secret sauce is having a brilliant interview because right. people share that. Whereas you can do 50 different types of marketing. For me, I spend my time doing research on the guest. I'm looking at previous interviews. I'm looking on YouTube. I'm looking at all their social media. So I'm trying to have the best that I can, which in Mm -hmm. turn, that person then enjoys it just as much, which they're more inclined to share it. And sometimes I've had people, they'd blast it out to their email list. And some people have massive email. They could have 10,000. And you see it. Like I have some YouTube, I mean, some, like some could have five, five views. And this could be a fantastic conversation. But Mm -hmm. another one can have 10,000. And it can be simple as someone just doing a blast out, which in turn, they like it and they do the same. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it, yes, it makes sense. It's the quality of the content that that drives the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, you had four podcasts. You finally had the awakening, which you wanted to have all along, and but you weren't going to stop. So now you also have a crypto podcast. And um, for me, it sounds like there is a lot a logic to that, like going from the awakening to the to the crypto. But probably the people listening to us might not have the thought process that. Uh, or maybe I'm also wrong. So go ahead. Like, what so, makes so, you? What made you not stop after the awakening? Yeah, I mean, I should have, but I I was kind of delving into the, the crypto world, and I saw there was so much corruption in that space. And oh, that's bad. For, yes. Yeah. So FTX recently. So those that aren't aware, like that's one which is government organized. So, and I said I need to expose this world, but I didn't want to be putting crypto 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 on the awakening because people are either into it or they're not and if you don't like it i thought i would kind of destroy my existing kind of listeners and i had to respect them as well it's not saying that i don't mention it sometimes or there's times where i'll have one interview that might go out on the meditation the speaking and the thing which is brilliant for me because it means one interview and i'm able to put it on but i know that there are different audiences there you know different locations so with the crypto, I decided, yeah, look, I'm going to create this. And I actually had a bit of a hiccup, which I hadn't before. I, I tell people, try to have about 10 interviews organized. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I got four done and everybody let me down. There was one guy traveling all the time. Another person went through a divorce. and Others just, they just didn't respond. And I'm like, and I was starting up another company. And I was like, I didn't have the energy. I saw it done well, jumped into the top 5%. And then just came back out and I, so I made sure, okay, when I'm doing this again, now, get them way more organized. And I did. And then it, right. it went back into the 5%. Then it went up to one and a half. And so even thinking to have 10 organized sometimes isn't enough. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of these, they're not time sensitive. Well, I mean, if you're talking about say like FTX, yes, but a lot, you can have them, Say the speaking, I have like 30 or 40 reserved right. there. And it's handy. Yeah, because it's because... not time sensitive. Exactly. So, yeah. And you don't know, like, I mean, like I tend to go away for a month in the summer, go to the Mind Valley University with my son. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be podcasting. I mean, I can schedule them. I can have right. them that they're edited and they'll go out automatically. 
It's not the same kind of marketing I'm doing, doing, but I want to be totally present where I am, which in turn is connecting with it. Like I got to speak in Mind Valley uh, talking about podcasting, which mm-hmm. it's really building my audience as well. That's another way. Of right, of course, like, yeah. And people kind of go, oh, I like this. And I've got a lot of people started in podcasting. And it's a nice feeling when you see somebody and you go, oh, there are, there are done a couple of hundred episodes. And because of me, just like the guy that taught me, I know there's a load started based on that meeting alone. They all decided, hey, this is great. And and I think the secret is like when I done the course, there was over a hundred people in the course. There's less than 10 still podcasting. So mm-hmm. some people they come out to do one episode, some people do three. They might right. burn, burn out after 10. I think go into it not going, I want to make a million quid doing this because it's not it's not that easy to not make. Not very money. profitable either. I mean, I do it mostly for fun. <laughs> Exactly. You know, but so. I'm I'm learning on that and I'm I, I've kind of just it was never about the money, but then I kind of said, right. okay, I'm spending a lot with Zoom, with StreamYard, with all these different things, they're all adding up and I want to just cover that. So I've noticed like say affiliates, definitely, mm-hmm. and not ones that you're just like I would never do gaming, gambling, or anything like that, because I'm against that. I think that's not right. good for society. But there's ones like uh, there's a guy doing courts, how to you know, have an online course in courts and I've, I've got sales through that. So that's the way of doing it. And with say like the pod match, just they're actually paying people now as well. It's not huge, mm-hmm. but it's covering all the costs. Yeah. And I think say for your own service. So for what you're doing, you're mainly promoting yourself, which in turn then gets you a few yeah. customers. And I also think is the joy factor knowing that you're helping people. And right. sometimes people just, right out of the blue or sometimes you wouldn't even know who's listening like i go to an event and people come up i listen to every one of your episodes they mightn't comment once mm-hmm. so just because you're not getting the comment like, oh i have I, that I, a lot yeah i have that a lot I, mean, I, get, I get new clients they're like i have been following you for two years i have watched every single one of your video i don't know the person I've never seen their name never left a comment never answered an email nothing but they come in one day you know the, it has ripened, and then they work with me so yeah, you never know. So I, I learned from that because I yeah. said, I look at loads of videos. I look at loads of friends doing stuff and I never give them a thumbs up right now. I enjoy it. So now I'm conscious of doing that. Yeah. That, you know, just an acknowledgement or whether a podcast, hey, like I'd listen to a podcast now and it's not that they were, I go, I'll go in and I give it a five-star review because I know it makes a big difference and mm-hmm. you're not paying for it. You know, they're going out of their way because I mean, yeah. not only is the preparation, the editing, the marketing, it's a lot of time for putting out the shows. Absolutely. A simple thing of just giving a five-star, because that helps you go up the charts. So when you're going to listen notes or whatever, the more people, a five-star rating is great, but with a review is even better. And what right. I would encourage you to do as well is when you get nice reviews, use that. So I take a screenshot of that and I share it everywhere. And I also mm-hmm. give a link on my podcast because there's a lot of times you, there's people you know for four years Right. And they've never listened to your podcast. And it's based on someone saying how brilliant your podcast is, given it a five-star review, has helped their life. Then yeah. someone goes, like, for example, when I wanted to, I think it was with The Awakening, I wanted to kind of get into different countries. So I said, who do I know in the UK? So I started looking at all my friends and stuff like that. I said, could you please download this? Give me a five-star rating. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to do that. And so many of them say, I love this. And they still listen. So even right. though you're kind of saying, hey, give me a hand. And I mean, vice versa, like if they've got a channel or if they want, you know, help people as well. If so, Like when I see people making a post, hey, I want to grow my YouTube channel. Straight away I do it. Or if I see someone opening a new business, I'm always liking and sharing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people are kind of, they don't want you to succeed. So you need to be conscious of that. So I'm always trying to right. support other people. And I think it doesn't have to be them that it comes back, but I think it comes back in in its mm-hmm. own way, whatever way the universe works. But I think just by supporting people, you get supported. Right. So yeah, uh, that will be a message for our audience right now. Like if you're the kind of person who will watch every video for two days, for two, uh, for two years, and it's nice to leave a comment and to, you know, leave a review. It really, really helps uh, also other people find it. So that's going to, normally I say that at the end of the episode, but hey, we're almost at the end anyway, uh, because we're almost at the one hour mark. So um, do you plan on making another podcast? I mean, you have five, you can't stop here, right? 
what's going what are going to be your next topics it's actually there's a there's a, a, a guy that's uh, reached out based on lunch club we had a conversation so we've already got one in the pipeline for his business so it's when 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 that's ready there'll be another one as well will i kind of park some of them at some stage maybe or i was even looking at say the speaking podcast to make it just more about kind of general conversations instead of just speaking because you know i've covered but the reality is after i don't know my nearly 200 episodes or so, every single person brings something different to the table you would right. think i can only learn so much on speaking pauses and you know stage presence and stuff everybody so if you're really interested in becoming a brilliant speaker like you listen to all the episodes everybody has some i'm learning every time somebody's on the show and i'm going never thought of it like that or just wow that's brilliant right. and you know so and with the youtube like because my son he follows some games on uh, youtube so he was watching it the telly on my channel and he's always if some are doing magic i was trying to teach him magic just to be kind of good at speaking Mm -hmm. And the guy would say, give me a thumbs up or whatever. And he's always giving a thumbs up. And I noticed my, my subscribers started going up. And I was like, what's going on here? I went up like 30 or 40 some weeks. And I think it's because YouTube is rewarding you for actually engaging. So now yes. I watch a lot of, even for my research and everything. And I always, I'm conscious now of giving the thumbs up. And I think mm -hmm. that, and if you can give a little comment, the comment I think is even, you know, the added bonus to it. So you mean that commenting on other channels helps exactly. your channel? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I when you're to... logged in, not as in you know, right, anonymous, right. but when you're logged in on your own channel and then you're doing your research and you're looking at different, you're just watching and you're enjoying it, but just always give a thumbs up. Obviously, if it's good, I mean, you don't want to be giving thumbs up to something that's terrible. And but... I have to track that. <laughs> yeah. I never I just see, but I, I, I definitely notice that it makes a big difference. So that's another little, uh, Trick Good for, to know. Uh, so boost your YouTube channel by boosting other people's. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll try. I'll try because I mean, I, I do that randomly, but um, yeah. All right. You didn't tell us what your next podcast will be about. It's basically the company is kind of, I suppose, competing with TripAdvisor because uh -huh. when I was in Estonia, I was looking to do something with my son and we spent ages looking for this place and it was gone but TripAdvisor didn't say that and then we went we, oh we'll do something else and that was gone as well and what you find is when you go on to these different apps you're constantly either going into one app another app another app or you're having to go into the search engine mm -hmm. so these guys are actually putting it together as one and you go into one and you're able to find everything and that people can actually actually rate and even make note this is closed so that it's constantly updated same with restaurants right. and everything so that you're getting a, a proper because even restaurants they change the buyer you know sometimes it's like a you know a cheap restaurant and then it becomes an expensive or vice versa so by people constantly making reviews it's going to be a, one app that does everything and so i'm kind of like the podcasting guy with with the founder for doing this and it'll be launched soon so that's the that's the company, which is basically like an upgraded trip advisor, and the podcast will be what focus? Yeah, yeah, it'll be focused on kind of the customers for that, that even restaurant or mm -hmm. different companies that would be using the service to right. say how much it is helping them. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to be doing a load of episodes, but at least one one a week. And if okay. there's smaller ones, you can do too. But uh, yeah, it'll be on my own, like the bio link slash podcast. Once it's launched, it'll go go up there and people will be able to find that one as well. Perfect. Well, that sounds amazing. So I'll put all of that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, we are right at the one hour mark. So do you have like last words or recommendation for our audience? I'd say if you want to see change in the world, don't be expecting somebody else to do it. You can do it. And why, why, in no better way than actually doing it with a podcast, you can even do it with a few people. And it ain't that hard because, like, technical wise, I'm not brilliant on a computer, you know. I'm like, either it, it, and it's simple. Like, 
I like I've yeah. got a webinar that ta- teaches people a lot. I've obviously got the course and got a course, an online course, and then I do coaching. But I've even got a webinar that gives you a lot of what we've discussed, plus a bit more, because I'm also conscious that a lot of people don't have the money. And I just want to make sure that you're not held back because you don't have the funds to do that. Obviously, if you want to do it faster and do it better, yeah, there's right. a service there. But like people can just check out the webinar and it'll teach them a lot of things. And I've got videos that show you how to edit on Audacity and it's simple. I just make the the audio quality good because I I think that's very important as well. Some people they just put it out as it is, but I yeah. edit it. But just on another thing, a new thing, because I'm constantly kind of watching it now. When there's videos where there's not much pause fillers or just goes smoothly, I'm putting it up because I'm on anchor on the Spotify, which is like the Joe Rogan style that you can actually watch it. And mm-hmm. then they distribute it. So you can't put up an edited um audio and then the video separate. It's just one. But it seems right. to be good. And uh, I'm just tracking that to see, will that have a big impact? And I think just when you're podcasting, just play around with things. Not everything works. You go, ah, this thought this would be better, but it's not. And don't just keep doing something because you assume it's going to be good. Just be conscious. And, yeah. you know, you can, you're not a tree. That's... You can move. That's true about everything that you want to do. Like you need to track what you're doing. You never really know what's going to work, but yeah. You can do it. So that's going to be exactly the last word. Roy, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you who are listening or watching this episode. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I did. If you are still listening right now, well, thank you so much for being with us for all this time. Please do leave a comment or a review. As we said, this really, really helps the podcast get noticed and create more amazing conversations like this one. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, Roy. Merci, au revoir. Merci à toi.